Welcome back to the Chaim Davies Show, and today we're continuing our Pesach exploration series as we work our way towards the end of the Haggadah Shel Pesach. We just finished the stage of Magid, which left off on this incredible note of the Birchat HaGeulah, the blessing of redemption, where we plugged in our entire vision of standing at the, at the cutting edge, at the cusp of a 3,300-year-old story of developing freedom, and connected that into our, into our deepest dreams, um, to keep on dreaming for a final redemption, and so at this point, our Seder segues into the festivities, right? So now that we have all of these feelings of emancipation and joy and a tremendous gratitude to the Almighty, we plug those feelings in to tactile sensory experiences, eating, the good old, you know, experience that, that every human being, every mammal, every primate uh, is going to enjoy. And that, I don't mean to say that in a belittling way. The whole point of what's about to happen, of why we center this around a meal and eating, is in order to kind of create that, that synthesis between spiritual pleasure and physical pleasure. Because those are some of the things that's so, that's so definitive of what's unique about the Jewish experience, is that we don't try to avoid the lachem. Unlike what the Russia contested in Ma'avodah Zot Lachem, that he was concerned about the lachem aspect, of, of Torah and experiencing in the mitzvot and why so much of it is about, just, by, just as by Avraham Avinu, was the lech lecha of going for your own benefit, for your own good, recognizing that there's something that can develop within myself, that I can achieve within myself along this journey. Judaism sees the spiritual achievements and attainments that we have as needing to be identified with, with physical achievements and pleasures as well. And so we're going to channel in all of that happiness, all that gratitude that we feel into a, a bountiful meal, a celebratory feast, um, in order to, to create that connection within our very selves. But before we can dive into the main course, we must fulfill the one major eating mitzvah of the night, and that is, of course, the eating of the matzah. And so we have the rachza, which is our washing our hands, our conventional uh, process for purifying the hands before eating bread. And at this point, we're going to make two brachot in the stages of motzi and matzah. We make the standard bracha of hamotzi lechem in aretz, right, for eating bread, which essentially is what matzah is, simply unleavened bread, but it's lechem. And then we make the following blessing, which is a unique blessing of asher kiddishana mitzvotah v'tzivanu al achilat matzah, of fulfilling the biblical commandment, uh, which the Gemara concludes that even until today is, is biblical in, in nature of fulfilling the mitzvah of consuming at least one kezait, right, which is a, a, a standardized measurement of matzah here at the Seder night. And there are different opinions as to the size of a kezait, of this standardized measurement. What does it equal out to in today's matzot? Obviously, you know, specific rabbinic uh, counsel um, should be taken, uh, but some of the standard measurements that are out there, again, one of the most lenient opinions um, is about one-fifth of a handmade shmura matzah, and some of the most uh, strict opinions go all the way up to about half of a shmura matzah. Um, and those, those vary slightly when you're dealing with, with machine-made matzot, uh, just because of the difference of the way that they're baked uh, and the, you know, the air bubbles and so forth. Again, um, rabbinic counsel should be taken. Uh, but the idea here is, again, to be consuming the proper amount of matzah in a leaning position. Um, and as with every mitzvah, and this is worth mentioning because um, many people, unfortunately, don't remember this aspect of, of the fulfillment of the mitzvah, is that we're not supposed to interrupt 
in the middle of the fulfillment of any mitzvah. While we're, let's say, we make a blessing on shaking the lulav, and we're going to shake the lulav, we shouldn't turn to our friend and have a casual conversation in the middle. Uh, it's considered to be, a, uh, I guess, a disgrace of the mitzvah, uh, and also could potentially have halachic um, issues as far as being mafsik, right? Making a, a permanent interruption in the middle of the performance. So ideally, a person should not interrupt at all, uh, and the matzah should be consumed in a short amount of time, uh, what's called Tochkadei Achilat Pras, which is about f- between four to nine minutes. And again, specific rabbinic guidance should be consulted in the fulfillment of this mitzvah. Now, there's a debate amongst halachic codifiers as to which of the matzot on our Seder plate were actually meant to take this kizayit of matzah from in order to consume it. And so as a result of that, there's a, str- a stringency, a rabbinic stringency, uh, for which we actually all consume two kazetim, two of these measurements of matzah at the time of motzi matzah. Again, only the first uh, kazayit is biblical in nature. Uh, the second one is rabbinic and, and definitely should be eaten. Um, however, if a person has a difficulty eating a, the, one of the larger uh, portions, they may rely on a more lenient uh, portion of matzah for the second kazayit um, if that's going to enable them to actually fulfill uh, the, sec- the eating of the second kazayit as well. And so here we move on to the next stage of the Haggadah, which is maror, the consumption of the bitter herbs. And again, here as well, a person is meant to, um, to consume an entire kezayit. Uh, different measurements uh, abound as to the measurement of, of this piece of maror. Traditionally, most people, um, if you're eating romaine lettuce, hold by the, by the measurement of, of around 8 by 10 inches. Um, there's actually a great little uh, depiction of this in this Haggadah over here. You've got a life-size depiction of your romaine lettuce. They can make sure to be eating the right amount, measure it up to your Haggadah, make sure to dry it off first um, so you don't cause any damage to these beautiful pages. And so here we come up to the step of Korech, which is a really interesting kind of twist on the eating right, rituals of the night. So we've already eaten matzah, we've already eaten maror, we've fulfilled both of those, those obligations, biblically, rabbinically, already. And here we come up to some more eating of matzah and maror. What is this doing over here? And so the Haggadah's text itself it justifies why we're doing what we're doing. As we say, right, as we're about to eat the korech sandwich, which again is a combination of a, a kazayit of matzah with a kazayit of maror, and we, re- we recite, Zecher Mikdash kehilel, that what we're about to do is in remembrance of that which was done in the Beit HaMikdash according to Hillel, the great sage of the era of the Mishnah. This is what Hillel would do. In the times where the base of Mikdash was standing, he would actually wrap his Korban Pesach with his Matzah and Maror together. Remember that in the times of the Beit HaMikdash, and certainly uh, in earlier generations before, really before the Industrial Revolution and the, you know, the mass production of machine Matzah, uh, many people had soft Matzot, right? You know, which is somewhat jarring to, to you know, our, our Ashkenazi brethren. But recall that the lechem apanim, the showbread in the base of Mikdash, was halachically matzah. It could not be leavened bread. And yet they were nice, you know, uh, fluffy loaves. So somehow they were able to make them without uh, allowing the leaven uh, to take place. And so Hillel would actually wrap, right, using a soft matzah, almost like a lafa, would wrap his Korban Pesach meat, his lamb roast, together with his bitter herbs, with his you know, his spicy, uh, you know, hit in the, in the sandwich, and we would actually eat it all together as one. The Kayimash and Amar, to fulfill the way that the verse describes how a person is meant to consume these foods, 
al matzot umerorim yochluhu, that you should consume the Korban Pesach literally on matzot umerorim. So Hillel took this literally and would actually wrap the three together. Now, symbolically, it's an amazing idea because, you know, we've already talked about back in Rebbein Gamliel how these three items, these three props of the Seder night, Pesach, Matzah, Umaror, really represent completely different ideas. And so maybe the this, this symbolism of wrapping them all together is that even though each one of them are, are really diametrically opposed, I mean, talk about, you know, the, the uniqueness of the Jewish people of, you know, killing off the, the gods of Egypt and painting it on our doorposts and realizing that the HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays attention to the details of each and every one of our homes versus the bitterness of slavery, versus the matzah, which represents the, the redemption and the, and the zrizut, which is required, the alacrity of freedom. To wrap all those things together and say, yeah, but we need each and every one of them. Of course, we didn't want the bitterness, but didn't the bitterness bring us to the realizations, to the understandings, to, to the desperation, which was ultimately necessary for, for our redemption? And isn't each and every one of these ingredients in one way or another interplay with each other? in order to create the, the full picture of redemption that we ultimately needed. And so Hillel would wrap them all together. And aside from creating a delicious Lafa sandwich, he was also indicating to us that there's something important about the suffering in our lives, the uniqueness and the specialness of our lives in a relationship with God, but ultimately the action, the decision to move, to choose, to, to make that step forward, to cut through the processes and to bring it to ultimate fruition, which is the matzah, to enrapture all of those things together and bring them into one whole um, is really a, a, a powerful imagery, uh, which this sandwich uh, is meant to represent. And at this point, finally, let's eat. And we move into the Shulchan Aruch and celebrate in a, in a joyous and beautiful fashion. Uh, it's customary to eat two meat dishes, uh, one of them corresponding to Korban Pesach, one corresponding to the Korban Chagigah, which is the standard festival offering which was brought in the Beit HaMikdash at this time, and to truly rejoice and, and realize the incredible love that God has for the Jewish people to bring us to a night like this and to celebrate with our entire family around the table as I hope that, uh, that many of us are, are, are ra'ui uh, and zochet to experience this year. Enjoy the rest of the meal. But don't enjoy it too much because you've got to leave room in your stomach for a little bit of the afikoman. Afikoman is a Greek word originally, which means dessert, essentially. Now, the Talmud gives a, a couple of different interpretations uh, as to what it means as, a, as an imported word into, into Aramaic, but essentially the idea is that a person is supposed to have, as the last lingering flavor in their mouth on Seder night, the Korban Pesach itself. And this is because a person is supposed to treasure those, those, that taste and that feeling, and it's actually for that reason that we don't eat it as the main course itself. So that a person shouldn't just view it as something to fill their stomach with after a long night and lengthy hours of discussions and waiting. But, but you should actually want to eat it as a mitzvah itself. And so although you've eaten a complete meal already in Shulchan Aruch, a person should, fill, should remain uh, with some space, some appetite, in order to eat the Korban Pesach with zest. Now today, of course, we don't have the Korban Pesach at our, at our Sidarim for the past 2,000 years or so, but we replace it with the eating of matzah, and still a person should make sure to retain an appetite for the eating of the afikoman at this time, um, and a person should consume one kezait of matzah for the afikoman as well. Now, many authorities rule that a person has to make their best effort to complete eating the afikoman by midnight, by halachic midnight. 
Now, oftentimes this isn't the case, and there's certainly what to rely on, uh, such as the ruling of the Rambam himself and many others, who rule that a person has all the way until dawn to, com- to complete eating the afikoman, and a person should make their best effort um, to do that in a timely fashion. Of course, at this point, we've completed our eating, and we move on to the birkat hamazon, which is a standard, uh, the standard benching at the end of the meal, with the exception of the addition for Pesach of the Ya'alev Yavo. We'll wrap it up over there for today and continue in our next episode looking at the conclusion, the last couple of sections here of the Haggadah Shal Pesach itself, of Hallel, and ultimately of Nirza, the conclusion. Until then, I'm Chaim Davies, and this is the Chaim Davies Show.